Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. It's Marcel here, the host of the show, and I'm doing something a little different today. I'm doing a solo episode. This is something I've wanted to do more of for a while, but we've been busy at Barraquito. All good things, and I just hadn't really found the time to do it, but I have this laundry list of things that I want to talk about. And something happened recently where we decided we were going to write a blog article about the four-day work week because it's something that's being talked about a lot. And I thought, this is something we really should do a solo cast on. So it's just me today. And I want to go deep on this topic because I think it's really interesting. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the four-day work week, how it does or doesn't apply to agencies. And we're going to go through the math of what it means for you under one of the ways that we can interpret the four-day work week and essentially how to work through whatever variation of the four-day work week you may or may not be considering in your agency, how to understand the cost, how to articulate this to your team and have the conversation about what needs to be true if they're pressing for it, or if you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you need to do this to be competitive for talent. So it's going to be just me today, which is fun. And yeah, I just feel like I spend so much time going deep on profitability on other people's platforms and stages. And you all come here to the show and we interview lots of interesting people and we have great conversations, but we don't have a lot of our own ideas from Parakeeto and we have a very unique perspective. So I'm excited to spend more time hopefully doing more episodes like this and just going deeper on the essentials. And if you like this, then let me know. It'll be very encouraging if I get lots of positive feedback to keep doing episodes like this. All right. So with that, let's dive in. First and foremost, where does the four-day week come from and why do agencies typically embrace the five-day work week? And frankly, most agencies historically have run the old six or seven-day work week. If you think about what the consulting especially the consulting industry. As far as I understand, the consulting industry is still very much like this. If you go work for a big consulting firm, you're probably still going to have lots of evening and weekend work. It's going to be very hectic. They're primarily still doing time materials billing. So a lot of overruns on projects are still being subsidized by their team. The agency world looked a lot like that too for a long time. And the reality of the agency business model, fortunately or unfortunately, is that it is predicated on reselling skilled labor and essentially selling time. And despite the fact that in the agency world and creative agency world, we have largely moved away from billing by the hour, it doesn't matter if we abstract to a project-based fee or a retainer fee that's flat or value-based pricing, the underlying business model is still predicated on selling time. And we could have a really long argument about this, but It's just math. That's not my opinion. That's just the truth. And even if you do start to decouple the amount of time that your team works from the fee that your client is being charged, at the end of the day, your revenue capacity will still be determined by the amount of time that you have available from your team. All that's really doing is increasing your average billable rate. So if you start to say, oh, we could charge $100,000 for a deliverable that only takes us 20 hours to deliver then we make $5,000 an hour. Great. 
if you still have a team of people with a certain amount of capacity, then you're incentivized, you're always incentivized to maximize the amount of time that they spend earning $5,000 per hour. I've got this outline here that my team wrote for me for this blog post. And it says, why the agency industry is embracing the four-day work week. Actually, the industry is not embracing the four-day work because we are not incentivized to embrace it at all. We're incentivized to maximize the utilization of our team. And that incentive actually gets stronger the less we couple our time to hours, if that makes sense. Because if I'm able to earn $5,000 per hour because I'm value pricing and we're very efficient at what we do, then I am even more incentivized. Every additional hour that I can get my team to spend earning $5,000 an hour is worth more than if I was charging, let's say, $150 or $200 for that same hour. So the incentive structure is punishingly against us trying to do anything to reduce our team's capacity. And I think this is a big part of the reason why agencies are actually falling behind on this trend. And in a world where we are becoming more and more competitive, as it relates to talent, and we're competing more and more against brands who are building in-house teams for our talent, this is potentially becoming an issue. Now, at the time that we're recording this, it's July of 2023. There's a lot of layoffs happening, economic downturn, the heat of the competitive talent market has cooled off a little bit. But there's this emerging space in AI where people are getting paid a lot of money and skill sets are very valuable. There are still very low unemployment rates. And frankly, macro, I don't see this competition for talent going away anytime soon. So while we are not incentivized to embrace this from a business model perspective, unfortunately, there might still be a lot of competition for talent that forces us to do this to become more competitive and attractive in the same way that remote work has become this kind of very important competitive piece. And there's a lot of talent that you just can't access or that's not willing to work for you unless you have at the very least, a flexible working style. Employee expectations have changed. There's increasing margin pressure. And all of that stuff has been true for the last couple of decades. I think this is the reason that we've seen the proliferation. Oh, I can't even say that word. Pro proliferation. There we go. That was pretty good. We've seen the proliferation of more flat raised, essentially higher risk pricing models on the agency side. And similarly, we're seeing a lot of that downward pressure come from the labor market having more leverage. And I think that pendulum has swung to a really healthy place where it's not the expectation anymore in an agency, at least most of the time, that you're going to get paid crappy and you're going to work a lot of hours. Generally, people are expecting to work the 40 hours a week that they're paid for. And I think that's a pretty good thing. But now we're hearing rumblings about the four-day work week. So I want to start this discussion around what is the four-day work week? And as far as I understand, there is no consensus about what this actually means. Does it mean that gross capacity is going from 40 hours a week traditionally to 32 hours a week, essentially that we're cutting gross capacity by 20%? Does this mean that gross capacity stays the same, but we're just doing it in four days? Does having a 32 hour a week expectation for gross capacity, even if it's spread out over five days, does that still qualify? Does flexibility play into this at all? How does this impact part-time employees, contractors, freelancers? How does it impact PTO and holidays? How does it impact compensation, if at all? There are a lot of questions around the four-day work week, and there are a lot of different levers that can get pulled to create some version of this. So for example, at Parakeeto, we have no meetings on Fridays. We had another client that has a similar concept. They called it Flexi Friday. It was like, you can work, but you can also not work. And like, it's flexible. And so it's what qualifies you for a four-day work week. And there isn't a consensus on this is what the four-day work week is. 
Although when I polled people on LinkedIn about this prior to recording this episode, it seemed like generally the direction that most people framed this in was your gross capacity goes from 40 to 32 hours. So you're taking a full workday worth of gross capacity and you're removing it. And generally, this also means that although this is not as strict of a requirement, this is taking place inside of a four day frame. I think in some companies, it's still like maybe going to be a five day week, but everybody's working a little bit less. In some companies, it's going to be that there's a day of the week that people are not working. But there's all kinds of considerations, of course, in terms of how that's going to be structured. And unfortunately, agencies are, again, somewhat at a disadvantage because we're generally dealing with clients and services. And so at the very least, we're usually going to have to have some kind of an overlapping schedule or we're going to have to have some coverage across working time with our clients. So the thing that's interesting here is there really aren't any financial benefits to the four-day work week with agencies because unlike, let's say, a tech or a product company where a job is really about delivering a certain outcome and a clear defined scope, with an agency, as I mentioned before, it's not that way. You are essentially selling your time. If you work for an agency, you're selling 2,080 hours of your life to that agency for a fixed price, and they're trying to resell as much of that time as possible for the highest amount possible. And so... Really, what we need to think about when we're moving to a four-day work week is the math behind the four-day work week. I'll talk about some other challenges that might come with a four-day work week, but the, really what I want to focus on today is how to think through this, because the way you think through the four-day work week is also the way you would think about just about any other change to your working culture, whether that be paid time off, vacation days, sick days, compensation, all of these things are going to come down to the same fundamental numbers. First is you got to get on the same page with the team if you're going to do something like this. And my sense is that when people are asking for the four-day work week, we want to dig into what are they really asking for? Are they looking for more flexibility? Do they want to work less? Are they looking to compress their work week? Like My sense is that in a lot of the experiences that I've had, when that question starts to come up, there is something that is not quite what people would think about the four-day work week as that is going to satisfy all of the needs that the team has or the desires that the team has. This is also going to come with scheduling and deadline changes. So let's say, for example, Fridays are going to be a day that no one is in the office. We're going to have to manage client expectations that we won't be responding to emails on Fridays, or maybe we're going to have to arrange for some kind of coverage so that uh, every week there's at least one person that's monitoring the inbox, managing client expectations. Of course, we can't schedule meetings then. We probably shouldn't set deadlines for Fridays or Mondays. So there's like a lot of things that we want to work through with the team before we move on to this. But beyond that, the biggest thing that we need to figure out is what does it actually mean for us, right? So we agree on a definition. How will this impact our capacity and our utilization? And then how are we going to pay for it? Because at the end of the day, that is the big question. It's fine to say we're going to have a lower than average utilization target. In fact, that's something that many agencies are doing voluntarily. And so the important question here is, how are we going to pay for it, right? If we take the most general or most well-accepted idea of what a four-day work week is, we're decreasing capacity by 20%. That means that we will be decreasing revenue, all things being equal, by 20%, unless we find a way to compensate for that decrease in capacity. So the question is, how do we pay for it? There are three ways to compensate for that. We can do it with our average cost per hour, which essentially means we adjust everybody's compensation down by 20% or adjust our cost down by 20%. That will still result, however, in a lower absolute profit number, but we'll be able to maintain the ratio of profitability, which might be an important consideration. However, if we're not willing 
to actually decrease the absolute number of dollars that are left over in EBITDA at the end of the year. Then the other two options are we proportionally increase our billable utilization such that the decreasing capacity does not lead to a lower delivery capacity. And so we'll talk through the math on that. Or we can increase our average billable rate in order to compensate for the relative decrease in capacity. But that's not a linear increase. So we can't just increase it 20%. It needs to be slightly more because we have fewer hours. So there's this kind of exponential effect to decreases in utilization and the relative increase in average billable rate that needs to be true in order to compensate. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So I want to go through an example of this and just talk through how we would work through the math. So I'm going to switch to my iPad. You can see that here. Okay, so in this example, we have, we're just going to pick like a very standard kind of situation that we would see at Parakeeto. So we got a team of 20, their delivery expense or the cost of that delivery team is $1.8 million. So it's about a $90,000 per year average compensation across the people on the delivery team. And then their overhead is 950K, which is about 27, 28% of their revenue capacity based on this current example. So this is like very kind of standard stuff, nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary here. So their capacity, assuming that everybody on the team is full-time, is 41,600 hours. So that's 2,080 hours per year multiplied by 20 employees. They're going to utilize their team, the entire team. Okay, so keep in mind that on this team of 20, we've got some portion of the salary that's and payroll going to delivery and some portion of it going to overhead. So when we look at the entire team, including people that don't do any work for clients at all, the utilization of that entire team is going to be 55%. So again, pretty normal stuff that's in the range that we would expect to see for a normal team with normal composition at that size. Their delivery capacity then in this case is 22,880 hours. So what that means is if everybody was hitting their targets and they were maxed out for the entire year, they would be able to spend 22,880 hours doing things that make money for the company. And if on average for every hour they spend doing things for clients, they earn $150 per hour. So that doesn't mean that they're billing by the hour. Again, it just means that regardless of their billing model, when they look back on how much revenue did we bring in and how much time did it take us to complete all the deliverables, it averaged out to an exchange of $150 for every hour they put in completing deliverables. That would put their agency gross income for this business at about $3.42 million. Okay. So what that means is their delivery margin, which is the margin between 1.8 million and 3.42 million is about 47.5%. So it's not great, but it's probably good enough for them to be profitable, moderately profitable. And if we actually just do the math on what their profit is in this case, it's about 19.8%. Okay, so right around 20%. Okay, so this is like a pretty, it's actually a pretty well-performing agency if you think about this relative to industry averages. 20% EBITDA. Pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. In this instance, if all of a sudden we say, okay, you know what? We're going to transition to a four-day work week. We want to model 
the impact that has. Immediately what that's doing, if we assume that we're just going to say, okay, everybody now works 32 hours a week instead of 40. Our capacity went from 41,600 hours now down to 33,280 hours. If we assume that our utilization rates will remain the same, that means that our delivery capacity goes from 22,880 hours down to 18,305 hours. Okay, so we've lost a little over 4,000 hours of capacity here with our team. If we assume the average billable rate is going to stay the same, the level of efficiency stays the same, what that means is this team can now only handle $2.75 million in agency gross income. So essentially what we can quantify here very simply and easily is what will the four-day work week cost this business? It's about $680,000 a year. That's the investment required in order to subsidize this four-day work week and to subsidize that extra day every week that the team will take off and enjoy. So it's there's a real cost that can be quantified here. And again, it's not to say that this shouldn't happen as a result. It's just to say that this is what it's going to cost to make it happen. And we need to find a way to compensate for that. And so in this instance, the delivery margin, I'll just do some quick math here to figure this out, is going to be 34.5%. If we assume that overhead costs stay the same, they're now about 34.5% of this new AGI number, right? So remember that overhead costs is going to be relative to AGI. And so essentially what this does is it wipes out the bottom line, right? It gets us to about 0% profit plus or minus. So there might be a little in the red, a little in the black, but ultimately if we do nothing else, the bottom line, the profitability of this business will pay for that $680,000 expense, which is that day a week that we're giving back to the team. So then the question becomes, okay, what needs to be true in order for us to make this work? And if we want to start with examples that don't require the absolute amount of profitability to go down, we would look first at average billable rate and utilization. So the question now becomes, what would need to be true? The first question that we want to ask is, okay, obviously the best case scenario is we can just pass this cost along to our clients. They could pay for it. That's generally what I recommend, best case scenario. So what does the average billable rate need to look like in order for us to make this work? And the simple answer is calculated by taking the original agency gross income that we want to maintain. So $3.43 million and we divide it by the new delivery capacity of the team, right? So in this case, 18,300 hours. And that gives us an average billable rate of about $187 and change. So essentially what that means is we need to take our average billable rate from 150 to $187 per hour or more. And we can do that by spending less time to get the same work done. We can do that by charging more money for the same work. We can do that by just raising our prices, our rate card, whatever. There's lots of ways that we can find that efficiency, but that would be the first thing is in order for this to get subsidized by our clients, we would have to get our average billable rate up to that level. So that could be the conversation we're having with the team is saying, I'm totally on board with this. Here's the objective. What can we do to work together to get there? The other is to say, okay, if we know we can't raise our rates for some reason or we can't get our average billable rate up, what does our utilization need to do in order to achieve that outcome? And in this case, what we would essentially look at is what is our new gross capacity, in this case, 33,000 hours and change. And we divide the original delivery capacity that we would need to maintain in order to hit that target revenue. And that gets us to about a 69 percent utilization, which is very high. And that's across the entire team. So we would need to significantly reduce the amount of time and probably reduce the number of people, frankly, 
that are spending time doing things that are not related to delivery, doing overhead management stuff, administrative stuff. So that's going to be really challenging. So there's probably a combination of these two things, right? Trying to compress internal time so we can maintain a higher utilization rate, increasing average billable rate that could pay for this. And this is how most agencies that are moving to a four-day work week are going to do it. They're going to try to get the efficiency of their team up. And by getting the efficiency of their team up, they will earn the right to buy back that time without it actually having an impact on the performance of the business. Then there's the last option, which is cost cutting, which is saying, okay, we we can't or won't or don't want to increase the efficiency of the team to earn that outcome. So instead, what we're going to do is accept the new and lower revenue capacity for this business. And we're going to adjust our costs down to make it relatively balanced. And so what this means is that there will be less profit in an absolute dollar amount in the bank account at the end of the year, but the percentage of profit we're going to try to maintain. And so the way that we would do this is look at what is our overhead budget based on the new cost structure of the business and the new revenue. So in this case, we're taking 2.75 million and we're going to multiply that by, in this case, let's say point or let's say 28% roughly. And that's going to give us $770,000. Okay, so what that means is we got to take our overhead expenses from 950k down to 770k. It's pretty substantial cutting, almost $200,000 worth of cutting, but that's what we need to do if we want to adjust things down. And then our delivery cost target in this case, if we want to again try to maintain a similar set of ratios is 2.75 million multiplied by, in the last example, we had a 47.5%. So this is going to be about 52.5% budget. I don't love that delivery margin, but it is good enough to have a 20% EBITDA. So that's fine. So that gets us to $1.5 million. So we need to take our delivery team compensation and expenses down by about $400,000. So we need to make some pretty substantial cuts here. Is the team going to be okay with taking a pay cut in order to have the four-day work week? Maybe not. Essentially, these are the levers, and there is basically any combination of these things that can come together to, at the very least, try to maintain the profit margin, but in an ideal scenario, also maintain the absolute profitability and essentially find a way to pay for this 20% decrease in revenue capacity. So at the end of the day, whether you're talking about a four-day work week or you're talking about an increase in PTO or you're talking about really any other change to the business, that is the math that you can run through to really understand what is this going to cost? And how can we compensate for it? And remember that those three levers are going to be the improvement in efficiency that comes from average billable rate or utilization, or the decrease in cost that comes from lowering average cost per hour or lowering total payroll, essentially. And so if I think about where this is going, it's hard to say, but my sense is that we're going to continue to see pressure on margins in professional services go up. We've seen that happen through the globalization of competition, and we've continued to see that come from the labor market. And my sense is that the labor market will continue to be competitive. And even if it's not competitive, what we might still find is that there is a desire for more fractional employment, that people are starting to want to spend less of their time at work and potentially are going to be willing to take pay cuts in order to make that happen. It's hard to say where this is going, but what I would really encourage you to do is sit down and work through some of this math on your own so that if and when you start having conversations about making adjustments to the structure of your business, or when you start thinking about changing up the expectations in order to become more attractive to talent, especially if you're in a market where you have to do that in order to be competitive, 
you'll be equipped to figure out exactly what that looks like and what levers you can pull to make it work. At the end of the day, mastery in your unit economics will allow you to navigate anything that comes up in this realm. And that's really the message for today. So hopefully you found this episode useful. And if you have, I'd love to hear from you so that I know to make more of these podcast episodes. So thanks for tuning in. Leave me a comment wherever you're listening to this. Send me an email, send me your feedback and your thoughts, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this, and it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.